Joanne. Have you ever dipped a honey cruller in coffee? I just did. I'm gonna warn everyone right now. First, I'm gonna warn them about this terrible sound of me crinkling up a bag, but I have a thing about like um, food after I finish my food. I have to like clean up everything around me. Like I unfinished dinner plate sitting in front of me. Um, they drive me nuts. I don't know. It's a weird, weird thing for how messy I can be. Um, it's a weird little quirk. I, I don't know. I think about all the bacteria having sex in front of my face on the plate or even just, yeah, the piece of paper with the leftover, uh, donut remnants. I just, I want to crinkle it up and I want to throw it away. Maybe I like throwing things away or getting rid of things. Who knows? But the main disclaimer is that I'm about to drink a Tim Hortons coffee during this podcast, and I have a lot to say. So this, we don't think of coffee as drugs, but I'm taking some drugs right now, and I'm going to do this podcast. So yeah, it's a... That's always, you know, when people are like, so yeah, we always inter we interview people for work and um, so yeah means that you don't know what you're going to say yet. next. Um, I'm going to try and use that less lately. My, it's uh, December 3rd, which is crazy. Um, the Christmas decorations are up in the house. Uh, it's like a gray day, but it's nice enough to go skating which I might do later. I have some things to talk about to do with skating today and every day. Um, my desk is really messy. Um, there's Visa card mail, flashcards, um, the thing that you wear on Remembrance Day, poppy thing, uh, cables, dust, hard drives on the floor, a partly drinking thing of water, a to-do list, a coffee, Cliff Bar, headphones, another set of headphones, Allen keys, mini DV tape in no case, mini DV tape in case, journal, pen, lighters, deodorant, malaria medication, um, a pamphlet that says stop Ajax mine, a, a cover for something that's pointless, assorted pens, five hard drives, two iPod shuffles, um, and a melted frosty the snowman candle that looked like he was obliterated by a flamethrower um, and a candle that's going I think I got everything and the little wind chime or like Christmas decoration that my sister put on the desk as a joke and now everything every time I turn my computer chair it makes this glorious little sound I highly recommend it it's um it almost clears the air if you're in a it it's just one of those things that puts you in a good mood without you even knowing, like if your knee hits it and you turn your computer chair. Um, and I highly recommend getting a computer desk that has a large space to put all of this shit. Because <laughs> I'm messy. And uh, I can put my mess um, on the side of the com ugh, computer and instead of in front of it. Oh my god, almost just threw up in my mouth. Um, I did, first thing I'll talk about, or I'll do something skating related first and then I'll transition into something non-skating related because I like, I like to talk about skating a lot. 
Uh, first of all, thank you for hanging out with me today because um, my poor girlfriend or whoever would have been hanging out with me today. I would have just been talking their face off. So it's better to talk into this microphone to friends that I've met and haven't met and would like to meet. Um, and thank you for listening. So first I want to talk about uh, something that um, hasn't... We all know... We all know this about skating and growing up watching skating videos and having friends that have this thing. I want to talk about people who are really fucking good at skating. Um, I'm always adamant and I'm not trying to... Um, I'm not trying to say any grand statement, but I'm I haven't been like traditionally good at skating. Um, there there have been periods in my life where I've been skating more, and through that practice, I get a little bit better. Like I said in the last podcast, I have like a very specific line that I might dip below it and I might go slightly above it, but I haven't. I've had some spikes in progression, but those are only because I got really comfortable on my skates, were really broken in, I was skating a lot. Um, I was only good at very specific things, so like, um, uh, when I got my Solomons, I was skating lots of gaps, and I, I, I got better at gaps and stair sets because they had the shock absorber, and we were watching videos where people were jumping off roofs, so we just jumped off roofs put me in front of a mini ramp or a bowl or a skate park, I would not, I would like, I would like jump, I would probably like find the biggest thing in the skate park and jump off of it or like find the biggest bank and try and jump to the flat. You know what I mean? Or uh, when my REMs or K2s were really broken in, um, we skated more handrails. And like I said, we don't skate, we didn't skate a lot of handrails, but we skated handrails more often because that's like what we were watching in the videos that's what we thought you had to do. Um, same thing, put me in front of a mini ramp in that era, I might be able to do some stuff. And probably my idea of the tricks that I did do were were good or whatever, but um, I'm more uh, varied in my skating because I'm so spoiled rotten with that skate park. Like I can, I can do basic tricks on everything except gaps. Um, oh no, never mind. Sorry, the last few times I've jumped the the bigger stair set at Riverside, which isn't that big, but it's like, if you wanted to practice your gap, um, I still have like some smaller stair sets and some slightly bigger in my world, not big in traditional skating world. My point is, um, through uh, parts, large periods of practice or skating very specific things, you get good at those specific things. So on the overall level of skating right now, if I was to go to a comp, <laughs> I would not want to put on my skates because I'm only good in, in my world what I like to do, but fuck people are so good at skating. Like, I don't know, um, I don't know if it's raw natural talent, like this is what I wanted to talk about. You can be naturally talented, like we were talking about Feinberg was naturally talented and even when he thought he sucked like he talked about in an old interview or something that his word sections he thought that they were going to be really bad because in the moment he was being hard on himself and I guess he wasn't skating as much or injured and that second word section is one of the greatest 
sections of all time. And I don't throw that out lightly. I've, I, every time I watch that section, I'll, I'll think to myself, fuck, that is one of the best sections of all time. And he was being hard on himself. He wasn't like, I don't think he was practicing. He was probably just going out and doing crazy things for that video, probably dealing with injuries and um, was probably drunk a lot of the time or high on ecstasy. <laughs> but uh, I'd love to find out more about that. But so there's like natural raw talent. And then there's people who like seem like they practice a lot. Like Jeff Stockwell, in my mind, um, we always had a little joke. None of us, between me, Mason, and Todd, none of us were Jeff Stockwell fans at all throughout all of his, like him growing up through videos or whatever. Even his like original... Uh, box magazine like coming up I think he was kind grinding a rail and then there was a picture of him like in his glasses with this nerdy smile he was just a kid who really liked to skate and skated a lot and our little joke was he was the Grom that got good like the Grom that skated all the time and now Jeff Stockwell he's so fucking good but he's good because he skated so much and Aaron Feinberg just was good I don't know if that's the right comparison and then Haffy is kind of like somewhere in between. He might be more on the Jeff Stockwell side, you know, where he's just like naturally super talented and just understands something about skating. Um, so the problem that I want to talk about is that I watch so many edits and videos and things of people that are just so good at skating, just doing stuff that I could never do. Like, doing like small things in their world are things that I would celebrate for like a couple weeks and I, <laughs> I would I wouldn't be able to stop thinking about how like if I laced um oh god what would it like a full like a full speed just a huge air on a quarter pipe to fakey to just like a fakey 360 alley-oop topsail just sliding the whole way on the coping fake you three out and then I just throw in like a true topsail as like a safety trick um, on the coping or like just a full speed true spin grabbed fish brain down a handrail like Brian Aragon or something. Fuck man, I have no idea what that feels like. If I did those things, holy shit, like that is being good at skating. But the problem is, um, there's something about when I watch this stuff, I don't like feel it. Like people are so good sometimes at skating that I have to watch things and really think about what they're doing. I don't know if the cutting's too fast or if there's the video or the edit is lacking a human element for me to connect with this person before I watch them do all of this crazy stuff. But um, there's just so many people that are so good at skating and I watch it all the time. And then I go out and skating in my world, and I mean, I'll miss like a soul grind on a, on like a, a between like an ankle high ledge, and uh, that's more real to my world than anything that I watch online. So um, I don't know, is it, is it practice? Is being really good at skate skating? Is it about practicing and skating more and being comfortable on skates, or is it about natural talent? It's probably both. In my world, um, my conclusion and what I was talking about before is that um, 
I'm good at certain things at certain areas of, of my skating life. Um, and that's just kind of my conclusion. And I do feel as though I'm super hard on myself when I skate, but I'm more well-rounded. Like I'm just com- a lot more comfortable on my skates and, um, I know what, what I like to do to have fun, but I don't challenge myself as much as I should only because I skate the park like in an athletic style and do the same things as normal. And I don't street skate a lot just because if you had that park, you'd probably go there and do the same things that you usually do. But, um, with that thought, it made me think about how I would love to change my skating a bit. But at the same time, I always fucking say that and I end up doing the same shit I usually do. But who knows? Who knows, you know? Um, the other day I was filming a wedding and downtown it was the Santa Claus parade. I don't remember, um, downtown camps you have to imagine as like small town America or something like that. It's got, you know, four or five main downtown blocks that seem very old fashioned and they have the Santa Claus parade. And, uh, I was filming the wedding, yeah, at this hair salon. And I was finishing, gonna go film the prep stuff at the house. When I went outside, there's this famous uh, entertainer in Kamloops called Uncle Chris the Clown. Uh, he probably has a website. And he's at like every Kamloops event. He's anything that's in the park or he does birthdays and stuff. And he's just so over the top. And I actually am jealous sometimes when I see this character because here's a guy who's probably. Uh, 10, 15 years older than me, and he's a professional clown. Like, that's actually what he does. And he's always talking in this crazy voice and being wild and crazy. And anytime you see this guy um, at an event, the reactions of people around, like kids are transfixed or smiling or laughing. Some parents are laughing. Some parents are almost like shocked. Like a, they're so, they're not used to seeing someone go outside of their comfort zone like that. Like, anyways. So I go outside and I was just like, it's a cool atmosphere, you know, there's all the families, everyone's drinking their Tim Hortons coffees and it's cold and they're all bundled up and they're all waiting for the Santa Claus parade. I love that shit. There's something about being in those, I don't like crowds, but there's something about those family, more community type events that there's, there's um, I don't know, it makes my, my heart soar like a hawk, you know? Um, but so then there's this guy, I hear this voice like, I'm Santa Claus. I'm Santa Claus. Look at me. Look at me. I'm Santa Claus. And it was uncle Chris, the clown. And he was on rollerblades and I was looking at the crowd. He would go up to, he would roll up to kids like with his arms wide and his legs wide and be like, look at me. This is the real thing right here. This, I am Santa Claus. And he was dressed in this crazy hat and these colorful clothes and these huge like cartoony sunglasses. And his face was painted, I think, with the crazy clown nose. And he was on rollerblades, rolling around to kids saying that, I am Santa Claus. I am the real thing. Yep, this is it right here. And I was looking at everyone in the crowd and because he was that character that I said, uh, get such distinct reactions, either smiling kids or laughing kids or laughing parents or parents that are like, oh my God, like 
this almost makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, this is so awkward watching this guy do his job. He added rollerblades into the fucking equation. So how crazy does that... Like, people's reactions, everyone was laughing and smiling. It was so ridiculous. The best part was that the, the parade hadn't started yet. So it was all these people lined up on the side of these streets with a just a giant open concrete surface and it was a clown on rollerblades yelling that I'm Santa Claus. Oh my God. Like that makes my creativity, my own personal creativity and things that I do seem so lame. Like that's fucking amazing. <laughs> you, uh, There's so much to learn from the classic archetype of the Holy Fool. Um, like the Holy Fool, I don't know a lot about him, but that guy gets the Holy Fool. I think traditionally everyone thinks he's just fucking ridiculous and they laugh at him or they laugh with him and everyone shakes their head and can't believe that he can't believe that he lives his life that way and just can't imagine being that person. And then I think in the end, like after the Holy Fool dies, he was uh, right in the way that he lived. Not right, but um, he taught everyone a lesson and uh, everyone learned something from the Holy Fool. Anyways, I totally, I just totally clicked with that. I got a very brief piece of footage of it, but the audio was so bad because it was on a fucking DSLR. Um, but hope, maybe I'll try and post it. Uh, to our Vimeo as like a Merry Christmas thing, but holy shit, it just, it just cut deep. It was one of those things that it put me in such a good mood and everyone else that was watching this guy was in the best mood as well. Shit, hey, rollerblades, they just make everything better. Um, I got a brief thing to say about yoga yesterday I came back from uh, filming some stuff for work and I was really fucking hungry and uh, my dad had given uh, my girlfriend and I a stack of Annie's mac and cheese and if you ever had Annie's mac and cheese it's a lot better than craft dinner especially the white cheddar stuff he also gave me this like um, this like spicy sausage salami thing for a hockey fundraiser that he bought yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so I made Annie's mac and cheese, white cheddar, and cut up pieces of this sausage into it. I was so hungry when I got back from work. And uh, I was just mowing it down. I ended up eating like the whole thing and I ate way too much of the spicy sausage. And then Smart Joey, so hungry, makes like a really thick protein shake. And I used orange juice as the base. So if you think of all of those things combined in your stomach you can just imagine like stomach acid and heartburn city um and then i got a message from a girlfriend who's finishing work she's like do you want to come to yoga and i was like no i'm gonna vomit all over the floor was my first answer and then you know i just thought well i'll probably feel really good after i go you're not supposed to eat before doing hot yoga you're not supposed to eat two hours before this was 45 minutes before that I had just gorged myself on a heartburn festival of flavors. And uh, I gotta tell you, I was in torture town for the entire class. We did a bunch of inversions at the start. I thought it was like a different class, Moksha, which is more chill, 
more like strength and holding poses for longer, but it was a power flow class. So inversions is any time where you like your head goes lower than your heart. And uh, I wish there could have been like a, a camera on my face the whole class. I had to do like the cheeks thing so many times, like the oh, and I was trying not to burp because the class was so packed and it just would have been one of those like spicy sausage when people have dinner burps and they're close to you and you're like, oh my God, what the fuck? Who, you, it's, you know it's not a fart and you know it's not bad breath. It's just so distinctly the mix of all of the ingredients in someone's stomach just being blown into the air. And if it's a hot room mixed in with like hockey equipment smells and possible feet and dirty vagina possibly like you never know what you're smelling in the yoga room and to add that all into the equation anyways it was torture but i made it through and i felt really good after um uh, so i'm working on my skates right now and i gotta tell you there's something so relaxing traditionally working on skates can be super stressful um i think everyone has had some kind of giant battle with their skates whether it be getting uh bearings out of anti-rocker wheels in the past a fucking stripped bolt or um god what cuff cuff bolts and things like that where you have to like take the the pliers and then hold the thing that's spinning and then try and like unscrew the one bolt but um when everything's working like just when you can listen to music and work on your skates um grease up your bearings put in new wheels it's so relaxing. I love working on my skates. Um, right now I'm adding, just for winter skating, because um, winter skating is is less flowy and more like session uh, grind thing or something like that. Like if Dana comes up, I'm going to be doing more grinds and stuff. And um, we, we got an indoor park, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit here. But I'm putting, um, I'm going back to the one-piece soles on the rims, just so I can cheat that extra little bit um, on my grinds. And I'm gonna put in new wheels, all 57s flat. I was skating banana rocker during wacky mode because that's a wacky setup. Um, and it feels like it's super uh, turny, but I just wanted something solid, lower to the ground. Um, and I'm gonna pop my V cuff, the extra cuffs back on with uh, the strap so I can just, like there's something about um, cuffless grinding is like a shorter affair in, in cuffless. So you can still grind for a long time. You pop that extra cuff on. I remember um, when I first started skating Majestic 12s or even the, the Varsity after skating REMS for a while. Um, there's something about like a stiffer cuff and more ankle support that um, your ankle just gets held in one position while you're grinding and I can grind way further like actually hold stuff so um i'm switching it up to try that out and what was the other thing i was gonna say oh yeah um i want to get a pair of celtic frames with good hardware but um i've been trying to get a hold of the guy I, they must be with the shirts that the frames that he sent me they must be with the shirts that sean c was supposed to send me a few years ago um I don't know, I guess they're floating in space or something. So I'm skating these Volo frames, and if you haven't tried Volo frames and you want to try flat 
boom, highly recommended. They're like 15 bucks. You can skate 60s flat. The weight you have to get used to a little bit and the the bubbly thing you have to get used to. But um, I love the solidity of them. You can crank the bolts so tight and when you land things, it makes that I pock, pock is the sound. Pock is how it's been described. Um, they're just solid and they're cheap. Um, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. The other day, Matt R, Matthew Renahan, I texted him and I had just had an urge to go skating. It's fucking cold. I'll do a little side story first. Just the other day, so I hadn't gone skating uh, since, holy shit, since before the trip, probably October 27th or something like that. I hadn't skated in, oh my God. And this was a long stretch for me. I skate at least once a week, um, even during winter, like at least put on skates and roll around somehow I try to. In the summer, I skate way more, but this was the first large stretch between skating and not skating. So the last time I would have skated would have been the last filming session for Wacky Mode Part Two, which was uh, would have yeah would have been around the 27th of October or no even before that. So I finally went skating and it was fucking cold the other day, yesterday or the day before. Um, I went to the skate park. I brought wax for the first time in, I can't even remember how long, and uh, went to just wax a little ledge and a little curved ledge and was just going to roll around and do some front sides and some back sides and some soles, maybe do the bowl a little bit. I got to tell you, my ego took a massive hit. If you don't skate in a month and you go skating in the cold and your skates are cold, and you're cold, and you're just expecting yourself to have a good session right away, oh, your ego's in for such a massive hit. Not only does uh, skating in the cold have a different feel, I like the molecular structure of the skates change because they're freezing cold. So it's like wheels that are softer are actually harder, and ledges, they make this like squeak sound when you catch, and everything just seems more ruthless. And um, it just made me think about how hard I am on myself and how important it is to constantly practice skating. And I'm not saying go to the skate park and do 50 soul grinds a day. Um, I'm talking about just having skates on, having wheels attached to your feet. That is practicing skating. I think naturally your aggressive skating will get better if you're just on skates constantly. So you could do uh, speed skating on on a road with the long skates you could do rec skating or power blading as it's called now which is another subject i want to touch on um or you could do aggressive quote unquote where you grind shit just having wheels on your feet just having wheels on your feet and practicing having wheels on your feet being comfortable with wheels on your feet naturally that session would have been better for me had i brought my skates on my trip. And let me tell you, you don't you don't know if you miss something till it's gone. There were so many points on that trip 
where I wish I would have had just a pair of like commuter skates to go uh, back and forth to the store or just to explore the town. Um, that's where I think the power blade idea is really, really good, which I'll talk about later. So that day where I had the shitty session, I, I told Matter, I'm like, I want to skate. And he said, or this could have been the day before, whatever. He said, Stir and I are waiting for the indoor. And um, that was, I didn't know if they knew the famous Kamloops inside joke because there was supposed to be an indoor in Kamloops when we were growing up, when we were like 16 or 17. Chad, Chad, I won't say his last name. Well, I could, but he's amazing. He, we dedicate the video better than baseball to him. Or no, we said the video couldn't happen without him. He was the guy who got me into rollerblading, which is another story for another time. I won't go on the side note. He was supposed to open at an indoor back in the day called Enterprise Skate or something like that. And he had the spot picked out. He had done all the budgeting and stuff like that. Um, and he was so mad he got denied his loan. And I don't know how that the history of Kamloops skating would have been different had we got an indoor. But we always had the joke when it was like, um, in it, when it was snowing or raining or in the winter, we would always say, you want to go skate Chad's indoor? And it didn't actually exist. It was a good joke. I think we... We actually pulled that one out in our 20s, too. We would be, like, 24 or 23, and then be like, you want to go skate Chad's indoor? <laughs> but, so, Madar texted me this message, and he goes, Stir and I are just waiting for the indoor to open. And I can't remember what I texted back, but I was like, yeah, funny, funny joke. Um, I can't remember what else I said. He's like, look it up on Facebook. Faction skate and BMX, and I like looked it up and was like, "Fuck me!" He said, "Beside Petland or something." It just sounded so fake, and I looked it up, and it's this little sliver of a skate park with a mini, with a mini, with like a uh, like a little fly box bank thing attached to it, and a couple down ledges and a cross ledge and like a quarter pipe and a bank in this like sliver. I don't even know how many people can fit in this thing, but there's a fucking indoor skate park in Kamloops. I don't know what I did to deserve this, but Vancouver doesn't even have an indoor skate park. If Vancouver does have an indoor skate park, it's super private. And footballers aren't allowed, man. Fuck him. Fat. No, man. No rollerbladers allowed in this park, man. Or like Calgary, there was that other one. No rollerbladers, man. No, man. <laughs> I understand like maybe we wax everything, or we just look really bad. We stink up the place. <laughs> we stink up the place with our dancing. With our coping dancing. <laughs> but I have an indoor skate park in my town. And it's like just down the hill from my house. It's um, probably a seven minute drive from here. How awesome was that? If I wanted to be really hardcore, I could ride my bike there. I, oh, and I'm just crossing my fingers that it stays through the spring and summer because like on a rainy day to be able to go skate there. Anyways, I haven't checked it out yet. Faction BMX and Faction Skate and BMX Kamloops. If you want to look at the picture of the sliver, I'm sure you'll be seeing some hot footage coming from that place. We're going to stack clips there. 
That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna stack clips at that place. Just wait till you see what we release from that place. Holy shit. Um, but Madar and Sir, like the day after that, which was crazy, I couldn't believe there was an indoor skateboard. The day after that, uh, Madar sent me a text message and he's like, we're going to the, the skate park, it's open. Um, and uh, did I do, do Madar's voice different? Like, we're going to the skate park, it's open. I think I did. Is that how Madar sounds? I don't know. And I was like, I wanna, I was just asking, I was like, what's the vibe like? What's, how's the owner, is he a cool dude? Like how many people are they allowed in? What's the vibe? There's so many things like indoor skate parks. I gotta admit to something. I skate terribly in indoor skate parks. I don't think I've, I've had like a couple good sessions before with a couple people where it's like dead. Um, I get overstimulated by the sounds of the boards clacking in the hall, like it's the hollow, it's really, there's loud echoey music and the air is always weird and they're usually slippery and dirty and like my experience of skating in their parks hasn't been that great. Unless I get into flow, I gotta get into that focus zone which doesn't happen very often so um, I'm always like kind of in a glass case of emotion when I skate indoor parks because I expect a lot of myself, even for not being good at skating. And it just doesn't work out very well for me. So I just wasn't in the mood to go there yet. Like I just, you know, sometimes when you, things just aren't right, you need to wait a little bit. Um, so I said, no, I'm gonna go to the outdoor free park and work on my true top acids. I was being facetious. And uh, Madar said it was too cold to skate. I don't think as long as it's not snowing, it's never too cold to skate. Even though it's your session's gonna suck, once you get warmed up, skate for an hour or something and bundle up, you can have a good session. It's not gonna be a good session in the traditional sense of the word, but if you're able to get a few solid things in, your knees are gonna hurt, it's gonna feel weird, but you're just gonna feel satisfied that you went outside in the fucking cold and did something, you know? You gotta override the logic. Anyways, the final message that I got from uh, Madar was, you're gonna come or else. And I didn't text back to it. And then um, I was going to buy groceries later after skating the park, after my ego got hit. And uh, <laughs> there was a picture that Sterling, the, the infamous Sterling Raven posted to Facebook of a paramedic at the bottom of the mini ramp with Matt lying there in pain. And Matt broke his arm. Oh, 
I was a shitty fade out. I'll take that shit over Black Eyed Peas any day. That is a jam, and it's called Pump Up the Jam. Uh, it's very fitting that I played Pump Up the Jam because I want to talk about power blading. Now, there's been a lot of dumb, stupid controversy so far. I'll admit, I read all the shit. I read all the shit about power blading. Um, just like people hated uh, that we called the videos mushroom blading. It's just a fucking name. It's words. There's two words, mushroom and blading. Um, and then this one, power blading. But the two are together. Power blading is one word. Um, stop and think. It's just words. Um... A lot of people just need to try it. I haven't tried it yet. I was uh, I wrote this this like rant on on BMEG with a it was a joking conspiracy theory thing where um and I've talked about it on the podcast before where I get really emotional about like why can't it just be all one thing? Um like why can't there just be a frame that feels good to ride around in that you can grind in and I just don't think that we're there yet. And um, Al Delega, of all people, um, fellow skate nerd, way skate nerdier than I will ever be, like knows a lot more. Um, he made a really good point about the pendulum swinging, that it's like the pendulum is swung so far to one side that aggressive skating, um, I think Leon said something like this too, and we've talked about this as well. Aggressive skating is very distinct. It is like uh, grinds and gaps grinds and gaps you know like there is creative stuff in there but i feel like brian aragon chris haffey eric bailey um alex broskow the best aggressive skaters it's a very distinct style of skating and people follow that and think that rollerblading isn't this but it is this this is aggressive skating uh i don't have anything in common with rec skaters so anyways his point was that power blading, the pendulum swings super far to the other side. And you're not going to be able to do a lot of the grinds that you could do. Like if you went to a skate park and wanted to practice your savannas or whatever, it would be pretty hard. Um, and on top of all of this, yes, there are pictures of Richie Eisler uh, doing grinds. And there is an edit of Dustin that came out. I always think, if your name is Dustin, are you just like naturally really fucking good at skating? God, it's so frustrating. Would I, if I was Dustin McGarry, I wonder if I'd be better at skating. But there was an edit of Dustin that just came out, which I'll talk more about, um, where he was grinding it. You have to understand that if Dustin and Richie were in like the Ultra Wheels skates from way back when, they'd still be good. Um, they could skate anything, probably do grinds, and just be really good. They are really good at skating. I don't think it matters what frame or skate they're in. They're always just going to be fucking good at skating. And another thing about that was when the Dustin Latimer... I can't remember if I was stoned when we watched it or something. Todd and I watched the like the MOOC edit with when the MOOC edit first came out of Dustin Latimer with the... And he had the crazy beard, and uh, he was just 
killing it. And he did like a, uh, what was it? Like a in-spin fast slide to balanced switch fast slide and crazy spinny peyote slides to Macchios and um, just killing it in these MOOC frames. And I remember Todd and I being like, oh my God, when we, when we get these frames, the possibilities are just going to be so big. Like you can do so much. Todd was talking about like, you could like grind on the edge of a windowsill with just like the front part of your toes touching. Yeah. When we got the frames, we, our style didn't change that much at all. It was like, if Dustin Latimer was skating in just like, oh, like a frame with the middle wheels taken out and made an edit like that, I don't think it would have mattered that much if it was the MOOC or not. So that being said, the pendulum swings to the other side. If you're good at skating, you're going to be able to grind in the frames. Like, and I'm talking really good. Um, but the exciting part that Al Delega was talking about, the pendulum swings to the other side. Then people are forced outside of their comfort zone and they may like, you know, reconnect with just going fast. Like when you put on rec skates or just a fast pair of skates, with big wheels in your head, like if you're listening to music and you're just skating really fast down the street, it's, it's a good fucking feeling. It's like a fuck yeah, rollerblading feeling. I always feel like my voice gets more nasally, the more, <clears throat> the more caffeinated and excited I get. Compare this with when I'm hungover, that it's a lot different. Um, so you get this fuck yeah, rollerblading feeling when you're on big wheels and it's, you don't really get that feeling with aggressive skates. You just don't. You do, but in a different way. You get that if you lace a trick that feels really good. You get the fuck yeah. All you have to do in big wheels is skate really fast and go fuck yeah, rollerblading. Um, so the pendulum goes to the other side. People might start experimenting if they're having so much fun with the setup. And it doesn't matter what it's called. If it's big wheels with a solid frame that you can do some grinds in and you start to enjoy that setup more than if you put your aggressive frames quote unquote back on and they feel like shit and you just start putting your power blading frames or big wheels on and you start using that more often, it's going to expand skating and the pendulum's going to be on the other side. No matter what, as long as that pendulum's swinging back and forth, there will be a middle point that skating needs to be drastically pulled in different directions because it's so uh, homogenized, I think is the word. Like um, there is just a globalized version of aggressive skating that there's all these standards and that's why everyone bitches a lot about things. That's why part of the reason why we made the mushroom blading videos is like, how do you follow up um, Cirque du Soleil and Better Than Baseball? You can't really, you have to kind of start fresh from a, a like it's going to be uncomfortable obviously and you're going to have to kind of like figure things out as you go but you have to be drastic and pull yourself away from uh what you thought a thing was before you can uh oh fuck no i was definitely you have to pull yourself away from something to realize why um, the original perspective was important. Uh, yeah, looking at things from different perspectives. God, I really wanted to make like a cool quote there, but my mind's just going, it's going a little bit too fast. That's what power blading is though. And there will be a middle point 
And my original rant, I was like, Kaiser, uh, Kaiser wants you to have two setups to uh, make more money or whatever. They're going to make more money. Fuck. Powerblading is just a smart idea. And of course, Undercover is going to be producing powerblading wheels. It's just smart all around. Um, which brings me to my next thing. Oh, and the Dustin edit. Props. I love... Um, Dustin and Richie are just on another level. I can't remember the last time. Like, you know, people put things out and you might not like them as much as the other thing. I don't know, when does Dustin or Richie ever put anything out that's not good? <laughs> They're just really good at skating. They have uh, a very cool vision for skating. And they're just really fucking good. And they're originally from Canada. Um, we're hoping to get some Skype shit going and some interview shit going with them. And there has been talks. There has been talks about a collaboration between uh, me and Todd and Richie and Dustin. Um, we weren't able to do it yet but we're gonna be doing it, hopefully, sometime. Um, that's all I know. It's gonna happen, and it would probably be ridiculous. Very ridiculous, and very interesting. I miss those guys. Can't wait to talk to them. Um, Dustin's edit was awesome. The power blading one. I love, uh, that's where I wanted to talk about this. Reading all the comments on Roller News is really funny. It's just a different way of attaching wheels to your feet. And if you're all butthurt about the name power blading or any term for that matter of about rollerblading, like it's just words. It's not just look at the skating and, and be like, that got me excited to go skating. It's what it should come down to. Where is it going to go next with that? Powerblading, just doing the Santa thing. What was the next thing there? Oh, um, I want to talk about the saturation. I'm going to try and chew this quickly because it is true. Eating, eating on a podcast is pretty rude. I'm, I don't do it anymore. It was only for a little bit of time, you know? Um, okay, it was like, I had this thing that was difficult to articulate and I emailed Todd about it and I was out for beers with some friends and there's one of our fellow musician friends who's an awesome dude, um, Aaron, who I always just get into really good conversations with. He's one of those people that, um, the dry sense of humor and a really simple outlook and super chill. Um, I asked him, and I kind of asked Todd, get to the point, Joey. I'm just going to try and quickly finish this. Get to the point, Joey. Get to the point. So, I've posted about this before. Is it possible? And I came to my own conclusion. Get to the point, Joey. Is it possible to experience a classic movie or album or video something so much so that it actually changes your perspective on everything the entire world like everything 
Now that's a big concept. So we watch so many things now all the time. We listen to so many things all the time. Um, I've talked about this before. People use the term, that was the best blank I've ever seen. That was the best blah, blah, blah ever. And you read that shit daily. Like, a few times a day you'll see that. People are so quick to throw out best something ever. Um, you'll go to, you'll watch a movie and be like, fuck, that movie was so fucking good. And then you'll forget about it by the time you wake up the next day because you went home and you went online and consumed a bunch more media. So I came to a conclusion. And this is the other thing. Like, let's just say you put 10 years of your life into creating like a movie or something. People would go see it and be like, oh my God, that was so fucking good. And then they would be like uh, excited for 10 other movies and watch 10 other movies and be like, fuck, those movies were good. Those movies were fucking good. And I don't think, we do we take on so much now that we actually, we're stuffing so much information in that nothing really sticks. We're just constantly consuming information and we can't allow ourselves to have an experience that's powerful because we take on so much. And there's two things. There's two conclusions. First, um, I'll, I'll say my conclusion and then Aaron's conclusion that really stuck with me. The first conclusion that I came to was it's up to the person experiencing it, the thing, to step outside of time. To have powerful experiences, you need to step outside of time. You need to not think about time and just stop and let the experience be as powerful as possible. That's That includes setting up like the environment that you're going to experience it in and the aftermath, the reflection time. You have to give yourself time to process it, write about it, talk about it. You have to create your own experience around that thing. That thing is going to be what it is, but it's up to it's up to you to have a relationship with it. I talked about the M83 oh, album that I had a powerful experience listening to that album. I went for a hike and a bike ride and look at looked at crazy landscapes and nature, and that experience stuck with me. Um, that album is always going to be classic and very distinct because of the experience that I had with it. So that was my conclusion. You have to step outside of time and you have to experience things in your own time for them to possibly be powerful. That was my thing. Aaron had a really good point. He's like, so 10 years ago, let's see, 10 years ago. Holy shit, 10 years ago was 2001. Yeah, 2001, maybe like 1999, 2000, 2001. He's like, you watch a movie and you're walking home by yourself after the movie and you're walking 10 blocks you're you know staring you're appreciating the houses you're, you're noticing small details and uh, it was kind of like he was looking at it from the sensory perspective that you were experiencing the moment in the moment and you were walking 10 blocks you may have been reflecting on the movie you may have been uh thinking about relating things in the movie to your own life and you would have had more time to just process everything 
And then he was like, now, holy fuck, that movie was so fucking good. Oh, I'm just going to check my Twitter now, like, as you get out of the theater. And instantly, you're robbing yourself of any time to allow that experience to sink in. We're just, like, his thing was we were kind of different animals now that we just constantly distract ourselves. So those two kind of work together. Um, and then the point that I'm going to be coming to is that what I said to Todd in the email, I said, is there value in working on like a video for a couple years, trying to make it very distinct and, um, or is there value in releasing more stuff more often? Like, because that's the way, like, does the, does the stuff that we release just reflect how we consume? Like, is it a mirror for, there's just so much to watch online and there's so much that we watch that people actually don't, uh, the way that we create things are different. Hopefully that didn't go over your head. But um, I still think there's value in both, but I ha haven't come... My conclusion, yes, is that we you have to step outside of time to have... I need to double clue. You have to step outside of time to have a powerful experience. Or to create something powerful, you have to step outside of time. But where is it going? Like, are we going to regress or are we going to consume even more? Are we going to end up like the babies in 15 years are going to be able to watch three movies at once or something like that? Like screens in front of screens in front of screens. Jesus, I whipped myself up into a frenzy. It's ah. Oh shit, I almost drooled. Oh shit. Oh shit. love that song and I fucking hate that song. It's good when things can do that to you. I have to say something so important. I just gotta get it off my chest. It's a name that I've been thinking about that needs to be thought about daily. Pat Lennon. Pat Lennon. Patrick Lennon. When was the last time you thought about Pat Lennon? You could ditch a lot of your favorite sections, replace them with Pat Lennon. You'd be good to go. When was the last time you watched Pat Lennon's section in Them Apples? When was the last time you watched his section in Drip Drop? When was the last time you watched his section in Leading the Blind? Why isn't his name mentioned more often? Not only did he edit some of the best videos of all time, he had the fucking best sections in those videos too. Pat Lennon, Pat Lennon, 
Pat Lennon. Seriously, when was the last time you watched his section in them apples? It's so good. It's so good. People talk about like how good skating is nowadays and everything. Have you watched a Pat Lennon section lately? No, I don't think you have. I I'm not I'm excited for the new videos that are coming out. But is there Pat Lennon sections in it? I think the shock video actually might have Pat Lennon in it. It has BJ Bernhardt. The shock video is probably the one that I'm most excited for. Um, me personally, I don't throw hammers and I'm not a huge stunt skater and I haven't been a big speed, technical, difficulty person or whatever, but I'm stoked for that shock video. The Fester intro looked pretty sweet too, but seriously, Pat Lennon, what more can I say? Can I say more than Pat Lennon? Yeah, I can say another name actually. Ben Weiss. Ben Weiss. How about that name? Ben Weiss and Pat Lennon. Where are the Ben Weisses and the Pat Lennons for rollerblading today? I can't name anybody that comes even close to Pat Lennon. Ben Weiss is kind of his own thing. He's just so awesome. Both of them are so awesome. Ben Weiss and Pat Lennon. What more do you want? I do want to say that the um, editing of Ben Weiss's section in the Maples is a little bit too quick. There's so many amazing things that you have to watch it a few times to realize how many crazy falls and tricks are in that video. Um, if you don't have them apples in your... Them apples isn't online either, I don't think. Um, Pat should put that up. Okay, yes, yeah, so Pat Lennon has made the apples that fell far from the tree, Chaos Eternity Chaos, Drip Drop, Leading the Blind, them apples. He made the first Volo video as well. Did I say? I think I said drip drop. He's made so many good videos, and he has so much good skating in those videos. His section in the Paradigm, either the Dino Wheels video or the Paradigm distribution, both of them actually. Have you seen those sections? Holy shit! That guy is like a, like a snowboard or ski section, but on skates. He really takes the possibilities of amplitude in skating and um, just takes them and runs with them. That gap that he does in leading the blind between the t two parking garage banks with the skitch or the, the roof that he royals off of at the end fuck me I can only appreciate it. I'll never know what it's like to do some of those things. To have the balls to do that stuff is so crazy. Pat Lennon.
song would make grocery shopping extra fun. It's got that. The song makes me happy. I'm going to end on a topic related to the song that I just played. I have to uh, admit something again. I have to clear the air. I um, listen, or I bought and listened to so much rap and hip-hop that I really didn't like. When I was young, I just listened to rap and hip-hop because it was in skate videos. And um, I don't even care like if the new Kanye West gets best album of the year or anything. I don't like a lot of rap and hip-hop. There's some stuff that I like, like the song that I just played. It's all about how it ages well and it's all about personal preference. But holy shit, you should see the stacks of CDs at my dad's house that I got from Columbia House. Like, I have so many bad um, rap albums. So many. There's some really good ones. Like, one of my favorite albums of all time is Gravedigger's Six Feet Deep. It's just a good album, like, of music. It, it still gives me that good feeling, that emotional feeling when I listen to a good album. But um, do you remember that era of uh, 19... I don't even know, 1990 early 1990s until what well, like it's translated well into today that I don't even know how much money they were sinking into signing like every rap artist like I could name like if we were to sit here with like a group of people and we just tried to go in a circle and name a bunch of rap groups like the stuff that was used in skate videos it just hasn't aged that well and um I <laughs> like I don't connect I spent so much money on bad rap albums. Fuck. Not only bad rap albums, but bad albums in general. Like, to think about, to relate it to how we're marketed, marketing is like, uh, it's like an inefficiency or an inadequacy thing where um, you think that you need something for your life to be better. And I just bought so many bad albums. Like, It'd be really fun to like make a blog or a video where I like go through my CD collection. I would probably have something to say about all the albums, but do you realize like there's a lot of albums in my collection, rap and some bad like dance albums. I have another thing to say just before I go. There was something about like when Raves first came out, Raves, yeah, I know. Um, and I was in, I was probably like 18 or like just maybe still in high school. So I was 18, 17 going on 18. And it was when uh, dance music was getting more commercial over here. So the original big ones that got signed um, would have been like Chemical Brothers and Fatboy Slim. Uh, those are the two main ones. Oh God, Crystal Method, terrible. Ooh, that one, I guess I didn't know. I guess I didn't know. Get busy, child. Do do do. Song has is terrible. It was used in a couple skate videos. That was like the American version of Chemical Brothers. Chemical Brothers are still awesome. Just good music. Like for me, um, hip hop or dance or whatever you want to call it. It just I have to have a good feeling when I listen to it. And that's what ages well and what doesn't age well. But I went to raves like a few times um, just because the the idea of like this underground 
subculture thing it was kind of like related to rollerblading like it was badass that it was like kind of like these illegal places where you could hear electronic music really loud and there was all these like weird people everywhere i have to admit i had no fucking idea what ecstasy was or that everyone was on ecstasy and i was so uh hurt when i found out that like ecstasy was a big part of the culture and uh i didn't go to any i think i went to two or three but I, like, because I didn't touch drugs at all through high school, not even close, and barely touched them shortly after high school. Like, I was, I think people were uncomfortable that I was so anti-drug in high school. So maybe there would have been people that were on ecstasy that were with me that just wouldn't tell me. But I just find that so crazy that um, there was, like, it's embarrassing to think about me going to a rave and, like, dancing and being completely sober but there's something badass about it too it's like that was almost my own version of the holy fool you know and uh, i remember i even wanted to like wear my rollerblades at one and and be dancing with skates on i thought that would have been really fun but i just had to get that off my chest that i actually had no idea that um everyone was on ecstasy when you go to a rave there was one at a skate park, like a temporary indoor skate park in Kamloops. So that was bizarre. I remember I drank three beers and I learned to alley-oop topsail. But I'm going to leave you with a joke that I once told. Uh, I don't tell jokes very often, and when I do, I've in the past while, I've split the room. I've offended half of the people and half of the people laugh and it really comes down to how you deliver the joke i'm not going to deliver it properly here because i'm not i just this is a joke that uh uh well yeah i got some people some girls were mad at me when um once you have a certain amount of distance from a music that you like you realize just like in rollerblading it's in the end it's just attaching wheels to your feet and you're moving so in the end, it's just noise, sounds, people making sounds. And this, you're either going to like the sounds or not. And sometimes as you grow older, you realize that you only liked music uh, because it was being marketed to you or you didn't actually have taste yet on what you liked and didn't like. So these girls were sitting, we were in um, Arrington, we were filming this documentary for a class i was like following this film shoot for a final project and and uh there was this room where after the filming day we would all hang out and and drink or whatever and there was this like it was a sectional couch in this really beautiful like house parksville is on the island so we were like in a forest and it was this beautifully built house in the side room sectional couch a bunch of us like sitting hanging out probably like i don't know 10 to 14 of us and there was a couple of girlfriends or ex-girlfriends or something that um, were being really like annoying. They were texting about people in the room and texting to each other and they weren't sitting beside each other. And I said, um, I know what you're doing. And they're like, what? I'm like, you're t I don't know if it was because I was like four or five years older than everyone. I was like, you're texting about people. Like you're texting about that guy to each other. And they were like, oh my God, you're the first person who's actually noticed that. And that was weird because 
no one was even I guess because I hadn't I didn't have a cell phone at that point or maybe I did but I wasn't a texter so I was more aware of like everyone had cell phones maybe they were drunk I don't know but that bothered me and then they kept there was really good music playing and they kept fucking changing the music um they were just getting into like the underground electronic scene in Victoria and they were like oh this is my buddy's group right here and just playing the worst electronic music like the simplest shittiest sounding just dumb music and um and they kept changing it and like doing the little thing where the girls were like dancing to their favorite song and uh I would it would be okay if it was like a song that I like too but it was like when you can't you can't have a fascist stereo regime. It needs to be a, a community thing where everyone's enjoying the music. And it, like, it's important to me. Music's important to the environment. So we're sitting there and um, I said, uh, what did the, there was like, the room was quiet. I had the room for some, I got people's attention that. So I had the room and it was quiet. And I was like, what did the what did the ravers say when they ran out of drugs? And everyone was like, "What?" And I said, "This music sucks."